Andino Andina, the story continues. The next morning Anna turned up just as Tonya was brushing his teeth and I was rinsing the coffee pot. I thought you might want some of these. She offered a paper bag of what looked like baked empanadas. Since we pretty much cleared you out of food last night, she chuckled. So what do you think? Mmm, does my nose deceive me? Empanadas? Tonya came up behind me. Salteñas de pollo, Anna answered. Chicken pasties. Smells good. I said. About Felipe. I know, I know. I'm just teasing. He seems all right, Tonio said. Interesting chap. Yeah, I liked him, I said. Except he left her hanging for two years before he came back, muttered Kachina. Yes, my furball, point taken, I said out loud without thinking. What did she say? Anna looked amused. Kachina has separation anxiety issues really bad. Don't you gorgeous girl? I swept her off her paws into my arms. Long story. For another day. Kachina nestled against my shoulder, purring contentedly. Breakfast? I said to the purring fur person. Yeah, she said, and ran down my back to the floor. Any left of that coffee from yesterday? Tonya wanted to know. Yeah, I chuckled. But we'll have to re-roast it first, Anna style. Anna style, Anna giggled. Okay, I gotta go. I was just popping in with the breakfast. Felipe and I are going for a drive, and then I'm cooking him and Risha dinner later. I was just curious to hear what you thought. For a moment she looked serious and vulnerable, like a young girl in love for the first time. I think you make a great couple and a good match. I really do, I said earnestly. I'm glad he showed up for you, even though he could have been a little more forthcoming with his missives in the interim. I had felt he would when Anna and I was talking about it last time, but I'd kept my thoughts to myself, as it wouldn't be the first time I picked up on an intent that later never came to pass. And as attractive as he undeniably is, I don't think he's the messing around kind. What's his sun sign? Aquarius? What? When's his birthday? 12th of February, came the prompt reply. That explains a lot, I said. It does? It does to me. I'll fill you in another day. I can't wait. Off you go and enjoy your day then, you two. You've certainly waited long enough to spend some time together. Thanks for the breakfast. Enjoy yourselves, Tonio added. Oh, we will. See ya. And like an enthusiastic tornado of joy, Anna swept out the door, punching Tonio playfully on the shoulder in passing. Thus commenced some of the most enjoyable weeks of my life. The five of us got on like a house on fire. We hung out at the cabin or at Risha's, made day trips in the four-wheeler, and just delighted in each other's company. With Risha, Anna and me working, Tonio took it upon himself to introduce and involve Felipe in the Beehive project. I loved how Felipe's mind provided a mental and creative sparring partner for Tonio, and vice versa. I loved seeing them heads together over a drawing pad, discussing and sketching, explaining and laughing. I loved meeting up with Anna and Risha and the boys for an early dinner at the community centre, and to see how the beehive, or La Colmina, was coming along. I loved going for late drives up into the deep mountains on a clear night, where the night sky reminded me of plush deep 
blue velvet, stars sparkling like glitter, sprinkled along a clearly visible Milky Way, watching planets shine like faraway spotlights. One night we saw a shooting star, and I wished we did not have to go back home, ever. I loved the general softness of the place, and the sweet smell of vegetation I did not know the name of that crunched under my hiking boots. I loved not having my mind clogged with realities of the world back home. No daily reminders of people living day to day in squalor. Here there were no gated palatial villas of the rich, no shanty towns of the poor crammed together in their shacks with tin roof and poor sanitation, no daily newspapers screaming blood and gore, no reminders of life in the world as I'd known it spinning forever faster in a turmoil of political deception, in a world experiencing increasing growing pains, and devices widely used to numb out. The Republic of the Andes may not be perfect, but with the basic needs taken care of and survival issues no longer the focal point of daily life, it made for a much more relaxed and pleasant place. People still worked, but not so much, and not all the time. They still used money. What they did was more in line with who they were and what interested them. There was no feverish trying to keep up or trying to avoid having the rug pulled from underneath you. No one got evicted because they got sick and could not pay for health care or pay the rent on time. Land was not owned, just in care of. I never saw the local nurses or the doctor, but I heard enough from Risha and Anna that the children were taught at school about health care rather than sick care as part of the curriculum. That sounded progressive enough to me. I am so happy to be with Anna at long last. It was all I could think about to sustain me all those months on the rancho. First with my father having a stroke, and then another one, ending up paralysed until the end, eight months later. Too much to do to have time to feel or grieve. Working out how to make it work. What or who goes what or where. We were sitting on the naturally weathered split log bench outside the cabin, drinking coffee. Felipe had come to see Tonio while Anna was working and found only me at home. The cats were streaking around the garden, enjoying the pale sunshine and an unseasonably mild wind caressing their fur. Somewhere else there was Anna. Sometimes I wondered if I dreamt it all, or, by the time I saw her again, she would have changed, or changed her mind, or met someone else. Goodness knows she had plenty of time. I never knew from one day to the next how long anything would take, so I put off writing and then I felt guilty, and scared, and tired, and worried. On top of being out of my depth in so many ways, there was watching my mother being so lost. Then I'd feel even guiltier, because I wanted a different life, away from the rancho, working on all the things I can see in my mind. Things that could be so good for so many people. Not farming land, not caring for beasts, and working out which combinations will make good offspring. Felipe's eyes were looking straight ahead, but what he was seeing was not Cordoba, as it was stretched out in front of us or the cat's funny antics. Of course the foals are a delight, and the colts are too, but my heart's not in it. 
I just can't get that excited about anticipating how a particular mare and stud combination will turn out, you know. So I go to Lacha, and in my second year I meet this girl, or young woman, who I didn't notice at first, but who slowly turns out to be this really sparkly, brilliant person. We hang out together, and our friends get on well too. She's studying to be a teacher, and is an A-grade student in all the languages she's taking, as well as the teaching diploma. And during our third year, we get closer. We start talking about the future and our lives. I tell her about all the things I see in my mind's eye, and how I want to help the world. She talks about how she doesn't particularly want to be a teacher, but dreams about travel, learning more languages, and understanding about how communication really works. She tells me about her family and her mother, who is head of the local Valores Tradicionales. I tell her there is no VT where I'm from in Argentia, and how we could run away and see the world together. You know, the usual young-in-love stuff. Felipe's ears turn pink. Only I meant it. I want to see the world with her, and I was so scared her family would get to her and somehow convince her to marry someone else, someone they considered a good match. And the days kept running away between my fingers, and there was so much to do. And everyone was looking at me to steer the ship to harbour for some reason. Stupid, really. My brothers are so much more in tune with what goes on at home than I. Usually, they know all instinctively what to do, only now they were behaving like a herd of deer caught in headlights. I nodded slowly. Shock and grief, I said, affects us all differently. When father finally realized I did not want to follow in his footsteps, he sort of distanced himself and more or less gave up on me. I was about eight at the time, I think. I had his blessing to go to Lacha, of course, and he always was a good, solid, responsible father figure. More than I could have asked for, but the father-son bond that used to be there when I was younger never really recovered. No chip of the old block, Felipe laughed. I guess you could describe it that way. He respected me and my choice, even if he did not understand me or where I got it from. Sounds like a good person to me. I said. I agree. Only when he had his first stroke, everything changed. He insisted I come back and take charge. Mother agreed and begged me to come home. What could I do? I thought I'd go home for a bit and then return again next term. But instead of recovering, the old guy had another stroke. I'm so sorry. Me too. I was as upset over my father dying as I was about not being able to go back to Lacha and Anna. You have no idea how guilty I felt about that. We had planned so much and I desperately wanted to go back to my new life and our friends, but I couldn't just leave everything and run back either. Normally everyone was so much more capable than me around the place, and now they looked to me for answers. I still don't get that. Felipe shook his head. I do, I thought to myself. You just have that air about you that you know somehow. Everything with the estate just dragged on for what felt like forever to me. I didn't want to leave and then have to keep coming back and worry about how things were going once I was back in Lacha. I wanted my family to feel what I knew, that they knew how to run the rancho better than I ever could.
so I had to help them find or restore that confidence in themselves again, which would then free me to get on with my life, with Anna, if she still wanted me. I think we can safely say that she does, I chuckled. Felipe grinned back. And apparently you understand how to reboot people. That's an amazing skill, I added. Not sure if I'd consider it a skill or simply a necessity born out of desperation. I'd put it on my CV if I were you, I joked. And mine and Anna's life can finally start or continue. I'm so excited you have no idea. I think I just might. I moved from England to Mexico to start a new life with Tonya, remember? Oh yeah, I didn't think of that. How long have you been together? Just over ten years. No kids? No kids. If Anna has changed her mind, I'll reconsider it. I hope she hasn't, because I really don't want the added responsibility or being held back when there's so much to discover and experience. My brothers and sisters want children, and they live on or not too far off the rancho and intend to stay there. Which is cool. It's a good place to grow up. So you're the oldest? I am the oldest. The one who has to take the uncomfortable decisions no one else wants to take. For once I'm glad I'm the youngest. Kind of. And I'm sort of estranged anyway, so I don't get involved. That sounds complicated. Long story. Long, boring story. Felipe laughed. I can take a hint. So how did you end up here? It was nice to talk to yet another one with such an open mind who was just fascinated, who did not write me off as crazy talking about crossing timelines, and open to communicating telepathically with off-planet beings without ever seeing shows such as Sliders, Portal or Fringe. It felt like I'd known Felipe for years. I also realized I had begun to dread going back to our life as it had been on our timeline in Mexico where we only had each other. So what's Argentia like? I asked. Well, where I'm from, which is a great valley, it's warmer, greener and at lower altitude than this. As it turned out, it was only three weeks later that we came to wave farewell to Anna and Felipe. The school decided to release Anna from her contract early, seeing as a new teacher had been found. It was wonderful to see them both so happy and in love, and at the same time a little bittersweet to know that we'd probably never get to see each other again. Not that that wouldn't have been the case when we returned back home ourselves. It was just, I would have loved to have them both around for a bit longer. One can easily travel around the planet these days, but traversing timelines, I've not yet found that kind of ticket agency. I would say come visit us, but I don't know if that will be possible in our lifetime, unless our timelines merge, I said quietly. But if or when you get to our part of Mexico, look for Sunroof, and if you can find that, you'll be able to locate us. Here's for you. Anna handed me a small silver frame, about two inches tall, with room for two vaguely heart-shaped pictures. I didn't know what you'd want to put in it, and it felt pretentious to put a picture of us and Risha, so I put pictures of the cats when we went to meet them in the cave that day. Andino and Andina. That's perfect, thank you so much. 
I already talked to Bron, and he will let you take it with you when you go back, Risha said, putting one arm around Anna and one around me, seeing as there is nothing that could cause problems in the space-time continuum. What do you mean? I said. You will not be able to bring photos of technology etc. back with you, just the essence and the incentive of what happened on our timeline among many. It is not yet allowed to bridge the two. Everything has to take its own journey into the future, day by day, or not, in whatever direction is right for that particular now. So all the ones of your beautiful growing pods and all the things you've shown us. You have the ideas, the essence of what we made possible here, and your notes. Present that to your world however you feel guided, and see what those seeds yield. Help inspire humanity on your side of things, so that they can come up with their own version. Anna and Felipe were getting ready to leave, and by now almost no eye was dry. The goodbyes and well wishes were flying back and forth. Love you, Anna. Take care, Felipe. Hope to see you someday on the other side, I choked. Have the most amazing adventures, guys. Maybe one day we can have a reunion again, of times and timelines, Anna said hopefully looking at Risha. I don't know, Icha. Maybe. You have telepathy, Risha reminded us both. Work on that. Love you, Risha. You're the mother of my heart, you know that. Anna threw her arms around Risha's neck for one more hug. Love you too, Mivida. Come back and visit any time, and look after each other. My daughter from another woman's womb. When Felipe's car had disappeared from view, Risha, Tonio and I went back inside the house. I put the kettle on, mostly to have something to occupy my hands. You know what you said earlier about telepathy? Which part? Does that mean I can keep in contact with you and Anna on this timeline telepathically and also connect with our other selves on the same line as mine, where I came from? I don't know. Let's try it. So when we move, when we go back, or Bron moves the oscillating whatever of this timeline back to the one we came from, some small things may have shifted, and you will be back there, in your other self. Will you be aware of this? Trying to get my mind to wrap itself around this was giving me vertigo, my inner compass spinning out. I took a deep breath and tried again. Can you communicate with your other selves, Risha? Yes, of course you can, you said so. How else could you have brought us across to meet Alexia? I took the photo frame Anna had given me as a leaving present out of my pocket and looked at it. Swiped my thumb gently over the pictures in their frames, as if trying to caress what I held there. For a brief moment I wished the pictures were of Anna and Felipe instead. The pain in my gut intensified, the vertigo increased, and made my head spin when I didn't consciously focus on this here and now. Risha took me by the shoulders and looked me straight in the eyes. Her eyes were warm and soft with compassion. Put that away for now, Jack, and do not show it to anyone until you're back home, except Tonio, of course. What a complicated life we weave. Love across dimensions and timelines. And like your pretty kitty, no one really likes being apart from those we love. I burst into tears. We 
We were getting ready for bed when there was a sudden thumping on the door. My stomach was in knots in an instant. I spit out the toothpaste and hurried after Tonio, who had gone to open the door. Outside was a young boy I recognized as Risha's neighbor. I caught nothing of the rapid Spanish bouncing between Tonio and the boy. Tonio grabbed our coats in one hand. Put on your shoes, Jack, we're going to Risha's, he said grimly. I did as told, a lump in my throat and a sinking feeling in my stomach. This could not be good. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Andino Andina is written, read, edited and produced by me. Copyright Liz Rosales, 2014 and 2021.